Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, everybody? This is the Nickish Show. You got Mo and Nafi here. Our Sunday edition. It is October 11th. Uh, here with my man Nafi, going over whatever is going on in the NBA and just in general, you know, life and all that. What's going on, man? How you feeling right now? Doing all right, man. I mean, I told you offline. It's always a good weekend when it's a three-day weekend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. F- funny enough, my company. I told you this offline, but I figured I'd share with the listeners because it is funny. It's kind of slick. Once, like, obviously the social awareness, the social justice movement popped off, and credit to my company for taking it seriously. Obviously not going to name the company for various reasons, but um, one of their policies or switch-ups was like, oh, we're going to make Columbus Day uh, an optional holiday. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, fuck Columbus. But, yo, if I'm I'm staring at a three-day weekend, I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so... Yeah, and then they spun it as like, oh, you know, it's optional, and you could take it as a mental health day. So I was like, okay, that's pretty slick. I respect, mm. I respect that. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, lo- roundabout way of saying I'm doing all right. How you doing, bro? All Sunday. right, it's like a, it's a typical 2020 year. You know, no, no surprises at this point. We got a yeah. president who's coming off COVID 19. A uh, man almost died, pretty much. You know, supposedly um, we got supposedly. yeah, supposedly we got um election coming up in a couple of weeks we don't know if we're going to get the results in a couple of weeks we might have to wait a couple of months to know if it's true we don't even know if the current president is going to concede and we got the lakers with lebron (laughs) james and anthony davis losing to (laughs) losing to jimmy butler and fucking duncan robinson this is 2020 bro Son, I'm cracking up because like literally what you just <laughs> described, that whole sentence was just literally like the fucking dog in the burning house meme come to life. He's like, yeah, we're literally on the verge of a civil war, but Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> let's break it down. Uh, no, but like it, it's it's unexpected. Do you think Le- LeBron and AD last year would have lost to the fucking Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero's the one who's you know should have played a little better for them to win the like they and they lo- and they won. Um, it's a series right now, but not not to get too deep into that, but yet at least. But no, I mean, this year's full of surprises and yeah, unexpected uh, situations that that we're in. So what, you know, what a time to be alive right now. Facts that that album came five years too early. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, Future and Drake was just like on a group chat, like yo, what the fuck? Like with each new twenty twenty headline, like what the hell? We we jumped the gun on this. What a time <laughs> to be alive, shit. But good mix mixtape by the way. But um. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to dig right into basketball, um, I want to nah, bring something don't, up. We don't have to, but... No, nah, yeah. but I, I want to touch on something. We, we, you know, this is our Sunday edition. We don't got to be real yeah, structured right. about it, you know what I mean? Just let it go off the top of the dome. But I wanted to say real briefly, do you remember in the 2015 finals, uh, Love and Kyrie are out, um, and LeBron takes a ragtag bunch of Cavs players to that Golden State team to the limit? Um, mm-hmm. That Golden State well, was in their first finals, and it went like six games, right? Yeah. And the word from all Cavs fans afterwards, and LeBron fans especially, LeBron stands, and you know how I feel about them. They're mm-hmm. they're uh they're not very high on the one to tell one to ten spectrum of like intelligence. If we're going like f- you know 
figuratively. But um, these motherfuckers kept saying, and I still repeat this line, that, oh, if Love and Kyrie were healthy in that series, you know, the Cleveland was gonna, Cleveland, the Cavs were just going to win it, right? So let me bring it back fast forward five years. Jimmy and, a, and with no Dragic, with a hampered Adebayo, just won, just got, what, two games on the Lakers? Mm-hmm. So if, like, Miami was fully healthy, they would have, like, LeBron stands. I'm using your logic. Like, Miami should have won the series, right? Like, that's that's what I'm taking away from this. Like, the very fact that they took two games right now, Jimmy put his, like, whole life on the line, 47 out of 48 minutes, yeah. to win these two games. That lets me know that if that like going off the LeBron fan, LeBron stand logic that like oh, if Miami was healthy, this this is their series, right? I'm just trying to find clarity. So if we got some LeBron fans, you know, that are willing to kind of reach out and want to come on Nickish at night, see how see how I plug their other content there, you know, they can come yeah. in and address that because like I personally thought it was bo- like you know it was bullshit. Like well, Golden State won that series just as like just as the Cleveland won the 2016 series. You know what I mean? Like injuries happen, but hey, if LeBron stands who are so diehard and want to like big up their man's like aura and vibe and legacy, then answer that question. <laughs> you got a take, or you you see? No, what I no, mean, I got. Right? I I see what you mean, and it's not that I got a take. It's funny because. Because of who we're bringing on this Wednesday to Nick and Night. <laughs> it's viral guerrilla marketing. You see what I did uh, there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the the person that we're bringing on this Wednesday is also an old friend of mine. And, um, you know, and we'll, we'll get to that point on Wednesday when we bring him on to the show. He became a LeBron fan, I think, a couple of years into Miami. But prior to it, he was a Mavericks fan before it was cool to be a Mavericks fan. He was... A diehard Dirk fan, uh, mm-hmm. 2010, 2011, and then sorry, not 2010. Uh, 20 like since 2008, nine since I knew him, he was always a uh, a Mavs fan. And the next thing you know, they won a championship, and they they earned it. And then you know, I always assumed he continued to be a Mavs fan. I figured he'd be a Luca fan, yeah. but all his stories are are about LeBron and his his greatness and all that. So I mean, well, well, that's that's what this Wednesday's show is about because I think we're all kind of riding along the assumption that. The Lakers will close it out mm-hmm. by by this Wednesday, and when it, no, I'm not too sure, bro. I, I mean, we'll see. But um, either way, the the conversation on where LeBron stands in history as the greatest or quote unquote greatest of all time comes into play. We'll know either he either you know fell to the Miami Heat led by Jimmy Butler, or mm-hmm. he won his fourth ring, and we'll probably get the Finals MVP. And the conversation on who is the goat will once again like come out and everybody will be talking about it and i'm excited about this wednesday when we're we're gonna be you know one of the ones early on talking about who 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 it is and you and i both know who it really is but not everybody agrees with us so it's gonna be a, a good lot, conversation you know, a lot of people do know that's that's the part of the lebron stand propaganda they'll make you think like their their point of view is like uh, widespread now like get the fuck out of here like there's a whole generations of people that will keep well keep jordan as a goat you know what i mean and LeBron stands are the only ones that are say inarguably the LeBron's the goat. My whole point of view is the, what you what you see from Jordan fans, primarily the smart ones, is just like they'll give LeBron his due credit. You know, he's probably the best since Jordan. To the LeBron stands, it's not enough. You know what I mean? They want to denigrate Michael and Kobe. You know what I mean? Like a lot of this is rest in peace, Kobe. God rest his soul, obviously. But a lot of people forget a lot of the toxic commentary about Kobe in terms of his game and just clowning and slandering his game was coming from the LeBron stand contingent. You know what I mean? 
like mm-hmm. for years. You know what I mean? So obviously to big up their boy, and then you know LeBron's on the Lakers now, so it's like conflicted emotions amongst these like people. But you know, obviously your boy coming on, and yeah, I, I think I think the argument should be more on what position he is in a top three because you still can't write out Kareem, you still can't write out Magic, and yeah, maybe to exactly. an extent Bird. Yeah. So it's I I think the one is pretty much set in stone for now. That's but, the thing, bro. Like, yeah. I got cousins and, like, a little brother that are LeBron stands. But then, like, they got no historical context. Their knowledge is, like, lacking. They're just, like, dedicated LeBron fans that will keep saying he's a GOAT despite anything. And when you press them on the facts, like, these people probably ain't listening right now. But if they are, they know who I'm talking about. If you press them on the facts, they're like, oh, it's, you, know, you know, probably, yeah, Jordan is a GOAT. I was like, okay, so where is this bravado coming from? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but... That's, that's neither here nor there. I mean, we've all dealt with, like, LeBron stannery, you know? It's a it's toxic culture. You know what I mean? it's, 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 the, it's the MAGA of, like, basketball fandom. I went there. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing It's LeBron himself. He's best player we've seen since Jordan. Like, I'm very comfortable For sure. saying that. For you know, sure. It's not even yeah. like, I just want them to embrace objectivity because, you know what I mean, a lot of the most diehard LeBron fans have no idea of historical context, and they also just don't, like, know basketball like that. But... Not that's not a shot at you, boy. I'm looking forward to that conversation. You know, yeah. tune in. Um, yeah, we'll have a fun combo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we want to talk about game five. Yeah, game five. As you mentioned, Jimmy, forty-seven out of forty-eight minutes. Robinson scored what seventeen points, and we, what you saw was a unit who just won't go away, and we're really giving it to to the Lakers. And, um, you know, the obviously the play of the game or the most highlighted play is that last play by LeBron driving in and then shooting it out to Danny Green. And he thought you're going to have another Kerr or Paxson moment. But what you got was <laughs> a Danny Green 2020 playoffs moment, breaking the shot and going to Markeith Morris, who airballed a shot afterwards. And what you see is Twitter going crazy. And we, we can dive in a little deeper into the reaction that that a lot of Lakers fans had and a lot of casual fans or normal fans had, but I didn't think it was a bad play. I thought LeBron did exactly what he should have done. He got a wide open three point shot that should have pro- that should have gotten it that should have gone in. And he gave it to a guy who I believe still holds the record for the most three pointers in in the finals in Danny Green, and a lot of people are shitting on LeBron, but you know Jordan did the same thing twice in finals games with Paxson and Kerr, and I think if anybody should have gotten more shit, more shat on, it should be Markeith Morris uh, for getting that second opportunity and just airballing <clears throat> it. He he did like a pass shoot kind of thing, and you, you didn't know if he was trying to lob it up or if he was trying to shoot the ball. Either way, he turned it over, and um, you know, like some people took it way too personally to the point where Danny Green's wife was getting death threats, and it's like. No, you know, like I, Bro, and that's that's the like, that's a part of social media that decides don't fuck with and um, toxic fandom on on the great platform. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, yeah. It just that's what social media did. It just takes these toxic fans that would be like glued to like a barbershop or like your school schoolyard fucking arguments and just gave them a, a microphone or not even a microphone, a fucking megaphone to blast right. this toxic ass shit. But continue. Yeah. Uh, where the Lakers were down three at that point, right? That's why they needed the three pointer to go into overtime. Yeah. So LeBron driving in, and if he pulled up from there, he most likely would have missed because there were like four guys on him. They still would have been down a point. Should he have pulled up from a three-point line? 
I'd rather honestly, I'd he rather made the right play. You know I, I mean? honestly, and I'd I, rather Danny Green have a wide open three than LeBron taking a contested three. Facts, Le- and it's just yeah. like I was just talking shit of like LeBron fans, but it's also like the other end of the spectrum that the extremist anti-LeBron voices that are like worship at the at the church of like Skip Bayless or whatever the fuck or like I don't know who the fuck. There's still people like that, so I'm not gonna like just shit on LeBron stands. There are actual idiots out there that are like hate anything LeBron does. That to this day keep saying like, oh. He ain't my goal. He ain't got no moves. Moves don't fucking matter when he's like a fucking power drill in the lane. You know what I mean? Just like bulldozing his way through and making his points. Like, I don't care about moves at that point. His impact is like second best of all time aside from Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to stand on that. So I'm going to address that right now. Those LeBron fans are just like, I saw that too. Mad tweets just like, oh, he should have just pulled up. Or he should have drove in and shot over three people. And then like people post pictures of Kobe, God rest his soul, of shooting over three people. But yeah. it's like... Even Kobe himself will, like, defend LeBron on that stage. Because, like, LeBron's game is the ultimate playmaker. You know what I mean? He had mm-hmm. – that was a picture-perfect – the pass might have been off. I'll, I'll give Danny Green that kind of, like – I'll shoot him that kind of bail. I'll defend him there. Because, like, it wasn't a perfect pass. He had to, like, literally, like, readjust and then shoot it, like, wind up, and it was off, obviously. And for a shooter, it affects your rhythm, how you get the pass. You know what I mean? That's, like, basic one-on-one. That's the one thing I have. That's the one issue I have with LeBron. But otherwise, he drew the attention in a heated moment and passed it out to a known sniper. Like, say what you will about his, like, like the recency, like, bias that, like, has people clowning Danny Green like crazy. But this man been in three finals. This man almost damn near one finals MVP. This man just, like, just last year in the finals had clutch threes and his percentages was crazy. So, like, the people that are shitting on LeBron for that move or, like, were saying he should have just done ISO. Yo, go fuck yourself. Like, you, you just don't watch basketball no more. You know what I mean? Literally, that's all, that's all I'm going to say, you know? I saw one dude even said, like, one of these dudes that, like, got Matt Downs a retweeting on LeBron saying he should have, like, shot that. He was just, like, the next day he's, like, continued this rant. And, like, he's like, oh, go post a video of your game winner if you ever had a game winner. And he's posting highlights of his from 2008 in a random <laughs> rec league posting a game winner. And the obvious response is like, bro, that's not the fucking NBA. Post your NBA highlights. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So what? You hit, I had a game winner in a schoolyard. That means, like, I could shit on LeBron for not doing the right move. That wasn't even the ro- the wrong move. You know what I mean? He passed to the open man. like For a wide uh, open three when you're down three points. That's exactly, bro. At two... Uh, quote-unquote shooter and i say quote-unquote just because of recency bias you know what i mean mm-hmm. like danny green his resume is still like as far as role-playing guys on championship teams go his his resume is untouchable in that regard yeah. you know what i mean a lot of casual shit on danny green because like oh he ain't got no moves he don't got like handles and shit these are the same casuals that probably still thought jamal crawford in 2018 was a nice player even though he was washed mm-hmm. but he had the handles you know what i mean he had the flash flashy shit though you know what i mean they don't understand fundamentals and fucking basic basketball iq but I'm going on a super rant right now. But it just pissed me off because I was like, are we still doing this? Like, remember when I said it was like high school cafeteria ass arguments about LeBron being clutch? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it felt like. But these was grown ass people and analysts saying this. So I don't know, bro. To this day, they won't get off LeBron's back despite three rings. This may sound like I'm talking on both sides of my mouth because, yep. like, I just shit on LeBron's <laughs> stance. But I'm being objective. You know what I mean? I can right. say I'm at, like, I don't like the dude, but I can acknowledge his greatness. That's 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 called nuance. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, no, we just we just hate dumbassery, and that's exactly what we see on <laughs> Twitter it, yeah. every day. That, that's really what it is because it's not LeBron who we have a problem with. It's, it's his stance who really, you know, want to blow yeah, him man. every night, and then the other ones who want to kill him every night. It's like, nah, you know? Um, it's... it's 
Bro, it's like in no place in any place in, in, in adulthood in real life is everything black and white. There's that gray area, you know what I mean? And in the sports world, especially NBA, like Twitter, it's just like you just see the extremes of like stupidity. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just wild. But yeah, I mean, we're taking we're taking it away from the Miami Heat players who actually did an excellent job. Uh, yes. Duncan Robinson came out of nowhere and just kept, you know, he has a really quick release, and I love it. I, I think he might have mm-hmm. the quickest release in the NBA right now, maybe after Steph. Um, but it's all catch and shoot within within a second. Um, yeah. Multiple four point plays. A lot of people are so focused on Danny Green's missed shot and LeBron's pass and Markeith Morris's air ball and not paying attention to the multiple four-point plays that the Heat had. They're not really paying attention to Dwight Howard's stupid flagrant foul that he disagreed with. And it's like, you know, those are those are obvious, obvious issues that you need to, you need to clean up. Um, uh, Kuzma, I believe, had a four-point play and he missed the free throw. And it's like little things like that all add up that no one's paying attention to. Um, and those are tiny things that the Lakers need to do, and they should have done. They would have they would have had the title by now. Facts. And, like, what was crazy about that game is, like, you saw Miami, like, scratching and clawing all throughout, and obviously they came in with the win. But what I, what I was just, like, watching LeBron in that game, he felt inevitable. You know what I mean? Wasn't at one point he was, like, 10, 10 of 12, and mm-hmm. he was just making these just splashing threes, just, like, straight up yeah. determined, like, anytime he came yeah. down the court to score. It just felt inevitable. It just felt like, okay, yeah, we about to see him crowned, like his fourth mm-hmm. ring, you know what I mean? And then despite that, Jimmy was plugging away bit by bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was he like was right the inevitability. With them. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, was he like was right with them. of LeBron. Mm-hmm. Every step of the way, right, back and forth. I can't, exactly. rem- I can't remember the last time I saw an NBA Finals game where the two best players on each team were going back and forth, one-on-one, just like that. Ironically, I feel like it was the, the first or second KD on the Golden State Finals. Remember when it was like he would just come down and just like dot LeBron's eye, and then the other end it was like it felt like two on two at that point. This was like one on one, LeBron versus Jimmy, but at that point it was like Kyrie and LeBron versus Steph and KD. You know what I mean? I remember like distinctly there were periods in uh, those series where it would be like it literally felt like two on two. We would just go tit for tat. So like to see what was crazy about this though, it wasn't even like. LeBron and, like, Jimmy were both guarding each other. Jimmy guarded LeBron. LeBron wasn't really on Jimmy like that. Like, they put AD on Jimmy, which to me was, like, a sign of respect. Like, Mm -hmm. uber sign of respect, bro. It wasn't even like they're trying to triple team. It was like, yo, we're going to put a fucking pterodactyl on you. Like, try Mm -hmm. to get past. You know what I mean? And Jimmy still did Jimmy things. But what was crazy to me was just, like, watching it. It felt like LeBron was... It felt like a LeBron game. And it felt like Jimmy was just, like... You know what I mean? Like the little little puppy scratching his way, trying to make his way. You know what I mean? Like it felt like we was watching a, like a Doberman. You know what I mean? Like just pick apart a fucking little little ass pooch, but then at the end, the little ass pooch bites the Doberman's nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, yeah. And what's crazy is that we've been watching Jimmy Butler for so many years that we think he had no right or the audacity of Jimmy Butler to be going head to head with LeBron James and doing that. We. I, no, 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 no. I, I mean, like it globally. <laughs> no, no. Glo- I, I think I. What I really like about the series is that Jimmy's finally getting the global respect that he's deserved. But after seeing, you know, after so many years of Jimmy Butler, he people never place him as that top echelon of players who you would expect to go toe to toe with LeBron James. Yeah, and he better now. Like I never. I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie and say as a Jimmy fan, I was like, oh, he better, he better just like punk LeBron like this. 
But, like, at the end of the day, I did think he was a fucking clutch motherfucker that was ruthless, you know what I mean? That despite whatever, he's, like, the thing about, like, being an anti-LeBron person <laughs> is just, like, all these years in the finals, you see how, like, these teams that go up against them, the ones that LeBron just folds, like, every pretty much every team in the Eastern Conference, I just get mad at him. I was like, yo, there's nobody here that got, like, that dog in him to, like, just, like, try to come at LeBron with that attitude, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. While being nice. Chicago had a chance, but then D Rose is like a uh, uh, fucking legs blew up. You know what I mean? He was like supposed to be that guy, but like and the, yeah, they had the bravado and the grittiness. You know, Noah Gibson, yada yada yada. But they never had like that one dude that could just like match it attitude wise. Like, nah, I'm not, we're not about to fucking let LeBron do it. You know what I mean? The only times we'd see that obviously is in the finals with Golden State and San Antonio. Now we gotta add Jimmy to that bunch, and it's crazy. Like San Antonio, the names obviously Ginobili, Parker, Tim Duncan. Golden Kawhi. State, they're all star team, and now it's just Jimmy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those are the only dudes we see that just like oh, they don't really get phased by the aura of LeBron, or like they don't like when LeBron starts getting into that inevitable, inevitable mode where it's just like, oh, this this motherfucker's Thanos with the six fucking in, like fucking Infinity Stones now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's whatever. We're gonna pack it up and leave. Like that's what it felt like in it. What LeBron was trying to do in that game in Game Five, but Jimmy wouldn't let it happen. And obviously, you mentioned Duncan Robinson, like. He looked like the new J.J. Redick now that I watch him play. Like, he's just a little more bigger. But the way he just, like, pulls up from anywhere with that quick release, you know what I mean? And he runs around all over the court. Fucking crazy, bro. He got, out of nowhere. He and Tyler Hero both got that attitude that just fits so well with the Miami Heat. <laughs> and it's like they're, they're not shy, they don't shy away from the spotlight. And if Tyler Hero wasn't doing it, Duncan Robinson was. And... Yo, credit to the Miami Heat organization for finding both of these guys and developing them the way they had this past season. Uh, Duncan Robinson is a rookie, right? I'm not. I'm not positive if he is. No, he was. Uh, he's undrafted, but I don't know if it was this year or last year. No, he was in the 2018 draft, so he spent like two oh. years as part of the the G League. Uh, he played a little bit last season, and then this season he became part of the rotation. And then, yeah, uh, like I think I mentioned it, like the Ringer had a whole article about how like Spolstra spent the last two years just like literally giving him specialized attention because he was like, "Yo, if this dude's shot is legit, it's gonna help our whole team." You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like n- that's what we see when players get nurtured and their skill set developed, and they don't get shit on for what they don't do; they get praised for what they do do. You know what I mean? That's not the case with the Knicks. If we're gonna revert back to it, like it felt like Fizzo just fucking hated looking at Frank and seeing like. How come you're not an explosive point guard? Hmm. Like, bitch, who cares? Like, just focus on the fact that he's a great defender and playing mad minutes, you know? But I see neither here nor there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think Duncan Robinson now has the record for most threes in the finals game by an undrafted player. Uh, I think I don't know if it was undrafted, but I know Mike Miller held the last record prior, uh, another Miami Heat veteran mm-hmm. from the past. Uh, so, shit, I think uh, we, got, we got a series right now. Game six is tonight. What do you think is gonna happen? Um, Miami got the momentum, but you know, Game Six, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I don't think they're gonna. They they might not want to hold back. So I, you know, I think what do you think? LeBron is he's fed up. So I think if he was if he was inevitable in the last game, he's about to crank that up a notch as much as he could at his old age. You know what I mean? Um, get some new fucking stem cells in him. Whatever he needs to do to just get uh just get re-energized for this. So I think LA closes it out. Um. I'm not one to believe in game-to-game momentum. I feel like momentum exists, like, in a game when, like, you have, like, a run and your whole team got it, like, juiced up and shit. But, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not one to believe that, like, there's momentum carryover from a game from, like, three days prior. You know what I mean? Because 
so that's why I'm thinking like, yeah, Miami, it's a nice story at this point, and I'm gonna still root for them. You know what I mean? I hope I eat my words. I hope the next time we record, it's like, yo, game seven on the way, tragic on the way. You know what I mean? That's what I hope. But I think LA is just gonna win. You know what I mean? I think. I don't know. It's tough to say. Just I just realized AD almost died in that game. Mm-hmm. Remember, like that mm-hmm. fucking injury, and then he yeah. just somehow came back. So I don't know. Depends how he is. But if AD comes back and he's just like, yo, my leg maybe like in serious pain but get some pain injection in there and let me just go off for 50 you know what i mean i think it's got to be one of one of ad's games you know because we just saw a lebron game now we need to see like ad uh like supplement that you know like he needs to be just as like ruthless as lebron was you know because lebron was like it almost felt like anytime he pulled up for a three he willed it in you know what i mean he made it a swish just by how determined he was you know so i think lakers pull it out what do you think yeah i think i think this is going to be a uh an experience kind of game. Um, the Lakers are packed with players who have been in this position before. We mentioned Danny Green. There's Rajon Rondo. There's even Dwight Howard, who was in the finals 10 years ago. And obviously LeBron. Um, and then when you look at the Miami side, a lot of them are not experienced minus Haslam. You know, they, they haven't really been in the stage before. So I, I think at this point, the Lakers will know exactly what to do to keep themselves in the game mentally and just try to get over that hump of possibly losing out game six. And Jimmy played 47 out of 48 minutes. We know he's a dog, but at the end of the day, he's also, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a human too. Not that wasn't intentional, but <laughs> he's, he's also a human. Like once you, once you play 47 minutes out of 48 minutes, going all out, leaving it, at, leaving literally all on the floor and having to play two games later and having to do this all over again, you know, I, not to put limits on players, but maybe maybe Jane Butler might have his limitations on how much he can really put out on the floor two days after, you know, dropping 47 minutes. But yeah. I, I think really it's, it's a playoff experience part that's going to – that might push the Lakers into winning their next ring. About Jimmy, like, since he got him, he's like, Jimmy's the most well-conditioned, like, athlete we've ever had in Miami. And we like look, go through the names they've had in Miami from the very start. Tim Hardaway, June, or Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, Shaq, D-Way, LeBron, Chris Bosh. All those names. He said Jimmy Butler is the most like well-conditioned and best stamina, all that. So I think that's part of like – I think that's an underrated part of Jimmy's like whole like game. You know, he may not be the most athletic, most explosive, best shooter, but the very fact that he'll outwork you literally, I think, you know, with a couple of days off, I think he'll be good to go. It's just that – you know, to your point, like, collective playoff experience, you know, despite Dwight's dumbass fucking flagrant, you know what I mean? Like, they got a lot of experience on that squad. Um, you think Markeith Morris gets to play? That was such a brain-dead fucking... <laughs> bro. <laughs> they should use, like, time to the chair, because like, what, what, what was that pass to? I saw mad jokes he was throwing it to Mickey Mouse in the stands. <laughs> uh... I think out of their top heavy, they're a top heavy team. Um, yeah. I think out of pure necessity, just from his size, they might have to play him to keep up with like Bam and Jay Crowder and and those yeah, guys. Yeah, I want to trust Javel. Now that I think about it, but yeah, I think this brings up an issue that I think LeBron's never really had to deal with in a while since he since he left Cleveland originally, and almost always he's had two other stars next to him, right? LA used a different formula formula this year to make a LeBron team. They have one one ultra star and another superstar. You know what I mean? LeBron, AD, and then their third option, quote unquote, is just like a collective 
third option. You know, it's whoever comes up or, like, guys will chip in here and there to equal one third option. And I think now we're seeing, like, the cracks in that kind of, uh, like, motto. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have, like... Remember, I just go back to Miami. Those days where, like, D-Wade would rather be injured or hobbled, and he would only really put up, like, 75% of what he would usually put up. Bosch would go crazy, especially when they moved Bosch to the five. You know what I mean? Then he became, like, integral to what Miami did. Same same thing in Cleveland. You know, there will be there'll be times where, like, love would step up, you know? And it's just, like, I think right now we're seeing some, like, some flaws in, in, the, in the build of the Lakers just because they don't have that third guy that could just, like, really um, step in and, like... Uh, put him over the top because i feel like if they had like if i'm just using him as an example i don't like this dude you know i don't like this dude but kuzma if he literally became this season like you know net damn near all-star level which i think was like the lakers probably won't say it out loud but they probably did hope that like keeping kuzma he'd take the next step and be that third option but if he really was if he really did morph it's like a chris bosh level player la would have had this like rap like the series is a rap you know but yeah and now we're seeing how, what happens when you have like inconsistency. You don't know where that where that third output is coming from. Um, and then like to top that to top that off, it's like this is probably the worst three point shooting team LeBron's ever played on. You know, and what have we always said has been like LeBron's biggest like skill playmaking, right? And that's mm-hmm. what every team that's built around him has done. They just all right, all right. Look, we have the goat playmaker. Let's just put shooters around him. Now LA, I think like looking at the numbers, they're like middle of the pack in terms of like three point like rate and like percentages. So I think we're seeing that plus like the lack of a third option. I think that's what opened the door for like Miami and especially Jimmy to like really uh, get these two games, even despite Drogic and Drogic being out and Bam like even being hobbled. So I don't know. It's just interesting that like maybe like you know this is looking ahead, but maybe LA tries to get that third star. But I just feel like that was something to kind of consider. You know, in our predictions. I'm still sick with L.A., though. <laughs> yeah, just looking at the minute breakdown from Game 5, <clears throat> A.D. LeBron got 42 minutes, and then the next highest minute count was KCP with 31 minutes. Then after that is, like, 24 minutes by Danny Green. So, yeah, that reliability factor is huge. It seems like there's always a carousel going around about the next player who might be an option to, to score some points. One game you yeah. see Dwight Howard playing fairly well, next game he got two points. KCP dropped 16 points, but his three-pointer we've seen throughout the season, sometimes it's not reliable. He has he has his off days. Uh, Rondo, playmaking-wise, he's all right, but you know last game he only scored f- four points. Markeith Morris was in that final possession. He, he played 23 minutes. He had zero points, zero assists, and one rebound. What the hell was he doing for 23 minutes? looking like menacing and, and uh, like mean mugging folks he is a morris brother after all yeah <laughs> yeah i saw i saw somebody tweet i wish i fucking came up with it myself but somebody was just like you heard the story of how like the morris brothers they like they not to be trifled with off the court you know what I mean like you hear the story about how like they beat up their um their mom's boyfriend because he was abusing her what but yeah like that Damn. the morris twins are goons like there's stories of them beating up the kansas football team just them two that's you know I mean? crazy. Like legit confirmed. Like these dudes are like when I say that like like, like Marcus Morris was like was about it. He was the one dog on our team. I mean it because that dude was like, do not fuck with him off the court. Mm-hmm. But to tie that back to now, somebody made a fucking tweet yesterday. It was just like this motherfucker was grown man enough and bold enough to go beat up his 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 mom's boyfriend, but he's not smart enough to fucking make a simple pass in a game. 
what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's the, uh, the correlation is really not there, but it's funny as shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, shit, bro. Like, it's just, I think what's crazy is, like, the thing about the Lakers, and we're talking about, like, no, because it's the third option or where they're going to get that third, like, production from. That's how it always was in the NBA. You know what I mean? You had two stars and you had role players, right? I just feel like that's just a commentary on how, like, the big three super team era spoiled us, bro. Yeah, but, I mean, it seems like there's always a third option. Like, when you think back to to Jordan's Bulls, the second go-around at least, you had Dennis Rodman, who was a third player you could always rely on to do do his end. Um yeah, but it wasn't like a third scoring option. You know what I mean? I mean, I for you're talking about thing. scoring, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I guess overall, like role wise, with the Lakers, even you can't. Uh, I, I don't even know if there's a a player that you can rely on to do something consistently. Maybe Rondo with his passing, but right, that's yeah. about it. Kuzma, that, yeah, yeah, Kuzma's on and off. KCP's on and off. Markeith got zero points. Dwight Howard will sometimes get no rebounds or score points. And Javale, I don't even know if he's seen the court. Um, I think I think they were planning because I think they gave what Danny Green like a fifteen mil contract. I think they were planning on him to be that super role player. You know what I mean? Like be that sharpshooter. Like you got the best playmaker, you got the best pick and roll big man finisher. Let's get a, a shooter on the wing and he, yeah, his but shot has escaped them obviously. Even player. every every time he's made it to the NBA Finals, there are always three players better than him on the team. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, even with Toronto, you got Kawhi, Lowry, and Siakam. And then Spurs, obviously, they have four players better than him. And he was always that fourth player. He's, I think that's that's his role. He's that best fourth player to come in and, uh, you He's know, play. He's perfect 3-and-D wing, bro. That's yeah. why, not to go back to the stupid LeBron fans, but the ones that are shitting on Danny Green, I was like, yo, missed shot happens. You know what I mean? Like, it was the right play. Your man gave an inaccurate pass, and Danny Green did his best. But, yeah, to your point, like, you're right. He was, like, almost always, like, the fourth guy. But the thing is, in the finals, it felt like he was a lot of times he was a second or third. Remember, like, that finals where he literally was, like, on the verge of winning? We were on the verge of having Danny Green, finals MVP, etched into the history books of NBA, like, <laughs> into in the pantheon of NBA finals MVPs. Like, like, could you imagine Bill Russell goes up there to give him the trophy? He's like, where's Kawhi? Where's Tim Duncan? <laughs> Danny Green's tapping him on the shoulder. Sir? <laughs> Sir? That's over here. Looking down like, yo, who are you? <laughs> Danny, who? Like, <laughs> what? But um, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I I mean that goes back to my point. I think the Lakers just like literally thought Kuzma was about to be that guy, you know? Like sadly mistaken. Yeah. I I mean the thing is that they're top heavy, but they're like really top heavy. A D, LeBron James are two of the best players in the NBA right now. I think they're both gonna play like ninety five percent of the game uh, minutes mm-hmm. wise, and I think they're they're both good enough to put it together and, and wrap this up. Um nice. Wanting to move, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna switch it over or something else. I was gonna say it almost feels like we're both like really pointing out the reasons why we think Miami's gonna win the series, but neither of us want to talk like like pick them to win the series. But you know, (laughs) you know, just we just we just pointing out we're logical the the cracks in the armor, you know. But yeah, Lakers, Lakers gonna win for sure. There's no reverse (laughs) jinxing happening here at all. Why would you say that? (laughs) Uh, I wanted to sift over to another Western Conference team. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, because right now they're something happened. Did anything happen with them? Uh, anything that would be pertinent to Knicks fans with the Dallas Mavericks? Anything that we'd be interested in? A certain, a certain somebody on that team, a certain seven foot three uh, child, um, injured himself yet again 
uh, with a meniscus tear and he's mm. having surgery. And once again, there is no timetable for this certain someone to come back to the NBA. And <laughs> you said you said a certain like seven three seven three foot child had had an accident. I'm just picturing this big ass fucking Porzingis on a gigantic ass fucking like tricycle, and he just like tips over. <laughs> <laughs> he just scrapes his knee, torn like his heel, like a fucking clown he, that he is. Yo, because he legit fucking him and his brother threw like a fucking childish ass tantrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to get him their way out. So obviously not wishing injuries on anybody. You know what I mean? But Again, this isn't. It's one of those situations again that this isn't a problem with Porzingis too much. It's really against the dumbassery that we see on Twitter. Because no, I mean, you're right. You're right. There are people out there that are legit to this day. Are like, oh, the Knicks fans can't live with the fact that they're not Porzingis. Like, I'm living pretty fine. I'm breathing. You know, the non-COVID air when I can. I'm I'm living. I right, you know, mm-hmm. like Knicks fan apathy is like at peak right now. You know what I mean? Like, you think I'm gonna beat my feelings about Porzingis after what I've been through? Like, nah. <laughs> come on, like. <laughs> Yeah, that's the best way to put it. So like, but to see this happen, it's just like my man Sim or our man Sim po- tweeted it. I think he was like, "Phil was right," as you and I, as you have heard me say on the on our show as well. Say what you will about his dickhead antics, but Phil never wake get, never gave away draft picks. He got us like you know Frank, and he did give us Porzingis, which we turned into draft picks. Um, and he had t- mad dickhead tendencies, but from the jump, you know what I mean when. K- Porzingis first mixed that, missed that exit interview. KP, like, Frank, not Frank. Phil wanted to get fucking KP out of here. You know what I mean? And that's because, which was reported at depth, he was very skeptical skeptical of KP earning or being worthy of max contract money because what's the number one golden rule for athletes in sports? The best ability is availability. You know what I mean? This dude, I'm telling you, bro, his legs are fucking actual twigs, I think. Like... I don't want to, like, shit on a man when he's down, but let's also throw in that this man had been cr- credibly accused of rape. That I don't, I don't yeah. know. I, didn't, I feel like that story got buried by Mark Cuban because we haven't seen shit about that since. And we know how, like, the Dallas Mavericks organization does with sexual uh, harassment and, mm-hmm. like, that toxic culture. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Porzingis. And, like, n- not to kick him when he's down, but I'm going to point and laugh, you know, at the <laughs> spectators. <laughs> Yeah, and we have we own their next uh we own the 2021 draft pick, which is a pick that at this point you don't want to trade. But I think Luca's good enough to bring him back to the finals. Honest, uh, not sorry, not finals playoffs. Um, uh, I don't know. West is crazy without without KP. Like... But this is this is Luca Doncic though. I think yeah. they might scratch they might have to scratch and claw. But eighth pick, I don't think it's out of their realm with Luca Doncic playing at the level he was playing in the bubble in his third season now. I think. Uh, Making it to the playoffs isn't isn't out of range. You're right. You're right. Honestly, my thing is, I'm not not to even downgrade Luca at all, bro. I fully 1,000 expect him to like level up even further. Like the jump we saw from his rookie to sophomore year was like we've probably never seen before. Like since LeBron, probably. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm expecting him to, like in his third year. Like Derrick Rose won MVP his third season, and I remember the off season. In 2010, like after the whole LeBron saga, Derrick Rose got asked at a press conference, he's like, why can't I win MVP? Like, who says I'm too young? That was classic, yeah. And that was like mad profit. Like, he's like a prophet then at that time, right? So I'm thinking fast forward that same logic to Luka. Like, why can't he win MVP? Especially with like Porzingis is probably going to be out for a long period of time or an indefinite amount of time. 
you might put him in that MVP conversation because we just saw like there's historical precedents now. You know what I mean? Like we just saw Westbrook win when his team only won 45, 46 games. You know what I mean? So if Luca gets him into that range, I think he'll he'll have a case for MVP. But to tie this back to the Knicks and the pick. I think that would be a best-case scenario. Luka plays so out of his mind, turns into like a triple-double machine, which he pretty much already is, and brings him to 45 wins. But I also think they could be in like 38, 37-win range. You know what I mean? Like they'll fight all through the season for a playoff spot, but who's to say Luka doesn't get some nicks and knacks, you know what I mean? And that's why I can't, I definitely do agree with um with the Trini. Schwinn tweeted like right away after the news, like don't trade the pick, you know what I mean? That's literally because like, Dallas could be in the playoff race, and it could be a situation where, like, they could have, like, the 11th lotto odds, you know what I mean? Similar to how the Pelicans did. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, their pick jumps us up to number one. So even our bad luck could continue as, as a collective franchise where our pick drops, but we could be in a situation where their pick jumps up to number one, you know what I mean? And it's unprotected. I think that's what, that's the only unprotected pick we got from Dallas. And this news, like, yeah. again, not to kick him when he's down, <laughs> but I'm going to kick some sand on his wound a little bit, a little bit, you know what I mean? But... <laughs> This pick is gonna be major, you know. And yeah. what did what was our biggest kind of or one of one of your biggest points of contention, right, with the CP3 thing was just like twenty one twenty one draft. Boom, we got ourselves a lotto ticket now. So why not try to be a winning franchise and we got Fingers this lotto crossed. ticket? Yeah, fuck. You know, like it might yo. We're the Knicks, you know. I'm knocking on fucking everything, but this might be a win win scenario. You know what I mean? Like we might be you know, a competitive team that could somehow snatch an eighth seed, but then boom, we got this lotto pick from from Dallas. Shit never works out like this for the for, for the fucking Knicks. We just saw it happen with Boston, though. It's not gonna work out. That I don't know if it, it'll work out for the Knicks. We just hope. You know what I mean? Like they, if Boston of all cities can get good karma, why not New York City? That's the one thing I'm like be questioning the basketball gods on. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I mean, but Boston's always had good luck. They own the most titles or second most titles. Well, that's my Lakers. point. You know what I mean? Why the fuck does this racist city? These motherfuckers hated Bill Russell <laughs> when he played for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They hated Red Auerbach when he like put a, a all black lineup. You know what I mean? For the first time. He was the first coach to do that. And but I want I did want to point out though, for like the eighties all the way through the nineties and like till like oh seven, Celtics were like dog shit. So that yeah. needs to be pointed out. Like they're not one of, they're not the GOAT NBA franchise. That's LA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're second best. But yeah, my point stands. Like why is a why the fuck does Boston have the good luck? We need some shit like this to happen. I'm not even asking for a title. I'm asking for like us to be in the playoffs as an eight seed and have like a lotto pick. Like, it's not <laughs> just much. some standard shit, man. Just give us something. Like, just a crumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just a crumb of good luck. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we know the Knicks pick never moves up, but this, is a, this isn't a Knicks pick we're talking about. We're talking about a exactly, Dallas pick. That, if, we, if we're talking about, like, literal luck, that's, that's how it would work. It doesn't have to be a Knicks pick that, that moves up this time. Uh, but very, very good points overall. Um, obviously, we don't really know when the NBA season is going to start, and we can only assume that the Mavericks will do whatever they can to make trades or, or sign players to make up for the lack of production that's coming out from KP's injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, Luka's supporting cast isn't that great. There are a lot of the misfits that came out of New York, and they did miss the playoffs this time around with KP and Luka at, at both playing. So, Well, I thought they were in the playoffs. Remember they played uh, Clippers? Wasn't that a playoff series? Dallas, Is it, it's uh, it's so much shit has happened. Am I am I bugging out that much? I think what, they did. They did. Yeah, Luca yeah. had that buzzer beater. Oh shit! No, because the thing is, I was literally just about to agree with you. I was like, yeah, you're right. Wait a minute. 
2020 is some shit, bro. It's I some can't. shit. It, yeah, they were my bad. My bad. Uh, no, that, they that, were. That's not my bad on you. That's that's <laughs> a my bad on the year 2020. It just cracked our brains. There's no concept of time no more. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, they were. That felt. That feels so long ago. And you start you start thinking about the Lakers and the Heat, who have been in the in the bubble for so long now. Um, I'm sure they're ready to get the fuck out of there. Um, just one second on the the Mavs. Like I'm looking at the cap sheet right now, bro. Like they got no option to get better. Like they they're gonna have to make a trade. Tim Hardaway has his player option. Oh, he's definitely signing that shit. Yeah, eighteen point nine million. Don't Hell fuck. yeah, take that. <laughs> exactly. Like worry about it afterwards. But otherwise, it's like most of the rotation right now is gonna be here. So it might be it, it might get ugly for the Mavs, bro. And I don't want to like take away from Mark Cuban's aggressiveness as an owner and like the what they would do to try to win and make the trades they make. Like I don't know, maybe this is like they turn themselves into a CP3 like uh, uh, suitor. You know what I mean? Like mm. look at their point guard rotation. I mean, I know they want Luca to have the ball in his hands, but you know they got Seth Curry, Jalen Brunson, who I like, Delon Wright. Actually, you know what? That could work probably as a solid three three-way point guard trio but they, they probably don't want to like waste any of Luca's time you know similar to how like we like we know Giannis is on a timeline even though he's mad young yeah There's mad pressure on organizations when they have a franchise stud to win as soon as possible so that's why I don't think I'm looking at the supporting cast like you mentioned Cuban might do something bro I don't know any ideas who you think they might go after like some like think about some of the big names we heard recently in months and weeks like any of them you think you would tie to Dallas I don't think CP3 would really go there. Actually, no, CP3 always works well with another playmaker, so it could be a good fit. And uh, with the possibility that KP comes back in time for the playoffs, they might try to go off that hope. And <clears throat> So CP3, I think, is in play. Um, That's just speculation. We don't got sources yet to our listeners. Yeah, I, I don't think they have enough talent to trade for Giannis if that ever comes in. I, I don't think that would ever happen. Um not too many players have mentioned that they're unhappy <laughs> being being a part of their current team. So what what other star players are you thinking could be traded? I was going to throw out Oladipo. What do you think? Like, say Tim Hardaway, you know. He's got a big stop. contract. They He's an expiring contract, too. Since Tim Hardaway picks up his player option, they could flip Hardaway maybe a first. I don't know if they're able to train any of their picks, but Tim Hardaway and another guy, and they take a shot on Oladipo being that number two option this season with Luka. Maybe playing with Luka and not being the main playmaker will be a big help to Oladipo. And I know last week I said I don't want Oladipo at all, but I think that's the kind of situation he'd be good in. I don't think I don't think the Pacers would make that move because they're trying to stay in the playoffs and bringing in Tim Hardaway doesn't help them. And the next pick that the, that the Mavs can really trade away is 2024, I'd say. So yeah, I don't think I they're going to want to wait Oladipo four years. Oladipo came out and said he wants to be – you can't comment on like you know free agency rumors, but I don't know. The reporters keep saying that like uh, Oladipo soured on McMillan and he's trying to get out of there. You know, so Indiana being a small market, you know, obviously Tim Hardaway isn't an ideal like piece. But if they could get Hardaway, let's see, fucking who they willing to trade? The, the Willie Cauley Stein or one of these names and like maybe like seconds. You know what I mean? You know that's. For an expiring contract for a dude that's coming off a major injury that has to look like himself, you know, I think that's a better deal for for the Pacers just because they're probably not going to want to resign him. And for Dallas, it's just like 
what more do we have to lose? You know, like we just lost KP for the for the foreseeable future. Let's let's get a former All Star and see if we could like revive him. So I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. You know, just yeah, throwing shit me, out. And see what works. Let me see what else could work. Um, Bradley Beal. They definitely don't got the assets for that, right? No. You <laughs> 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 said no. My fault, bro. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend your sensibilities. <laughs> um, let's see who else. Maybe maybe a guy like Kevin Love, they can go after. That's or maybe uh maybe a no not Drew Holiday, um but maybe maybe a Kevin Love or a Blake Griffin kind of player. Yo, that Blake Griffin contract is ugly. I think Detroit stuck with him, bro. I do like the Kevin Love idea though. He fits like the whole the the, the Caucasian aura Dallas <laughs> got going. You know what I mean, uh, I'm not the only one that pointed it out, bro. Oh, like, what about maybe? maybe Aaron Gordon? Um, mm. he's a player who who's only 24 years old. He took a step back this season, but he has someone with potential, and Luca could just keep lobbing it up to him. Uh, Gordon has never really played with a good playmaker, so Alfred Payton don't count, bro. Come no, on now, fuck the goat. No, fuck. <laughs> Um, but I, I think they would look for like a, a four to to go along with Luca, and I think a player like Love or uh, Griffin or that. uh maybe Aaron Gordon could fit in. Yeah. You know what? Fuck this. I don't want Cuban to listen to this and get ideas to get mm. better. We want him to suck. You know what I mean? So like, go ahead and keep Tim Hardaway. That'll that'll really that'll really shine. You know, he he always steps up when he's a second option, right, bro? We've seen <laughs> it in New York. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Just do it, Cuban. Let that, him. Let him. He'll take you to leash. the second round. But um, yeah, it's funny to kind of pivot back to the Knicks. Um, well, we just mentioned Alfred Payton. I saw a fucking viral tweet on fucking Knicks Twitter. I don't know if he's one of our listeners, but I'm mean, he's gonna stay unnamed. But this person was just like picking up Payton, saying he we've never had a a passer like this, a dude that's like this, spatially aware as a playmaker, and um, he's the best point guard we've seen in New York. And I saw this. And I was just like, yep, that's enough Twitter for today. Because I'm telling you, not to shit it on our own fans, but a lot of times it sounds like they're living in a different reality. And I'm sounding mad somber because I am I was legit, this is how disturbed I felt when I saw that tweet. How far back was he going? He was going as far as like saying Peyton is the best point guard we've seen in a minute. Like something like that. Like since Mark Jackson or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Or like since how like kid was such a special passer this guy was saying Peyton was in that air it was just I don't know I saw it and I was just like mm-hmm okay I don't know what time he's on I don't know what drugs he's on I don't know whether like the, the year 2020 has just racked his like his ability to just formulate coherent thoughts I don't know I don't know so I just saw the tweet I was like yeah that's enough for today I just want to throw that out there because I, I want you to be as disturbed as I was because you could feel it in my soul right now. I don't feel good now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so I'm so jaded. I'm so jaded by 2020 that it's like, yeah, you know, like I sometimes I feel like I'm better off without Twitter or social media. I thought general, you were going to say I'm so jaded by 2020 that I miss seeing Alfred Payne play basketball. Oh, no, no. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. I'm not <laughs> that jaded. I ain't that jaded. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I mean, everyone knows Knicks. The Knicks haven't really had playmakers in the last twenty or so years. But to be the best point guard that the Knicks have had, no, in the last twenty years, no. Yeah, big drunk on a on a whatever. But 
I mean, it's just we let's let's go full time Knicks right now. I mean, apparently, DSJ arrived in New York weeks before individual workouts began to work with Tibbs and the coaching staff. Hey, I like to hear that's that. That's fire. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not I'm I love DSJ as a prospect. You know this. You know what I mean? I just feel mm-hmm. like I gotta say it for the first time listeners if we have any. But yeah, I'm a I'm a former recovering DSJ stan. You know what I mean? <laughs> treat me like you would treat your cousin that just got off the heroin. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> handle with care just realize that i'm going through it so i'm trying not to be hopeful i'm trying not to dig back in that addiction and that fix you know what i mean <laughs> but i see these headlines and i'm just i get the itch bro like i just the crackhead itch like yo maybe dennis smith can be that all-star point guard i don't know but if we're if we if we were to look back on the season fast forward a year and we say like oh what was one of the good things I hope that in a year from now we could say DSJ's like comeback or recovery. And not even like legit saying he's gonna be an all star, but if he literally turns into like an NBA player that's useful and not a net negative with his skill set, with his with his explosiveness explosiveness, athleticism and theoretically he should be able to get into the teeth of the defense every single time. You know what I mean? Just break it off the dribble. So I hope if we in a fast forward a year from now, I hope that's one of the takeaways from this upcoming season. But That'd be dope. That, I'm, you know? I'm I'm not one of those guys who want to trade DSJ. I'm not one of those guys who signed off on him. I I will accept that he had a really bad season last season, and, and you know mentality takes a big toll on players. Um, and DSJ was one of those players who had a lot on his mind and was just mm-hmm. going through it. And he it's not his fault that Keith Smart fucked up his shot even more. But I think if any season is gives him a chance at, for resurgency, it's this season working with Tibbs. And the the coaches that are actual legitimate good coaches, they're good at their jobs. Not like last season when <laughs> the whole summer he went through, you know, all those all those coaches, Fizdale, Smart, whoever else. But um, yeah, he was in the he was getting trained by Keith Smart. It's just like to make another example. It's like literally like a friend you know that like joined a fucking cult. And he's telling you, like, no, really, it's going to make me better. I'm going to become a better person. <laughs> DSJ with his jump shot. <laughs> yeah. Jumper come back broke. That's like the same friend got, like, his money stolen by the church. He's got a horrible fucking addiction, like, intoxication issue now. And this, you're just hoping he could get back on track to what he used to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is with us in DSJ. Like, just don't be as bad as you were last season, bro. Just, like, be – if he could – remember when he, when we got him in the KP trade and those first few games were like, okay, this is exactly why we had this, like, potential and hype for him. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to go back to feeling hopeful about the kid again, you know? Yeah. I, I feel that – I feel the same sentiment with him. And, honestly, I, I kind of feel the same sentiment for Randall. I think he was definitely misused. And I think he has – he does have his potential. He is a good player. Um Obviously, we talk about fit with RJ and Mitch, and it's not very good, but I hope it can be good. Um, he's still relatively young and still has yeah. potential on paper. So, the Jimmy thing, like the not not to like interject again. I don't I don't know if you want to move on, but I want to say the thing about DSJ. To his credit, I remember early on in the games, I would watch him and how he's interacting with RJ. He would get hype anytime RJ did anything good. Like he's yeah. really invested, and I think one of his comments was, "I want to help RJ get mm-hmm. rookie of the year." So I think. You know, if that bromance, like, sprouts up again, that'd be cool, you know? Yeah, I just hope as fans we don't dive too deep into certain things that certain players do. Nick's Twitter, at the end of the day, needs to fucking relax. NBA Twitter needs to fucking, (laughs) like, take a step back. I don't know how it can be done. I don't know when, but, like, yo, I'm sure these players actually read these tweets and it gets into their heads about the reception that they get from fans. And Facts. Yeah, at a point it becomes too much, and 
as fans, we read we we read too much into what players say and do, and a lot of times our first instinct is right. Though, remember how to go back to KD and Kyrie? Remember they they were caught at the All Star game, and there was like an, it would look like an obvious conversation about fucking free agents. Mouth reader readers were like, "Oh, Kyrie said two maxes. He had the two fingers up." KD and Kyrie both came out immediately and said, that's bullshit. We're just two friends talking. And then literally last week, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's what exactly what it was. We're talking about free agency. <laughs> so, but you know it, I mean? so a lot of said, times fans I reading into thing. Yeah. You if, know, even though it, they it, said it, even though they said it, still a, a part of me still believes that it was staged. Like, there's no way they're going to just have an open conversation about, yeah, you and me, let's that join agree with. in the middle of the you know hallway, mean? too. Like, I, I, there's no way that that wasn't staged. I, I think it was staged, but they wanted to stage it for mysteriousness. That's why they came sure. out and denied it afterwards. And Kyrie was legit pissed. He's like, I'm just talking to one of my good friends. And he was legit pissed at reporters. I was like, bro, you are some kind of sociopath. <laughs> he was legit angry about it, bro, yeah. that the fact that they would even suggest it. And, yeah. it, and he comes up, he's like, yep, guys. We got you. That's what we're talking about. That's sociopathic shit. <laughs> not to hey, hey Brooklyn, man. That's like, hey Brooklyn. That? That's that's your man's, yo. Uh, I'm glad we don't have to deal with that. That ain't, shit. That ain't my man's. That's I said, I said Brooklyn. That's what I said. All right. <laughs> oh, DSG is also. I saw a picture. He was working with Muhammad Abdul Rauf, mm, who nice. was a nasty scorer back in the day, bro. Yeah. With the jumper and everything. I don't know. Hey, that's I'm, dope. I'm saying I'm not getting hopeful, but. Remember when Fizz used to bring in all these players and we used to get real hype about the impact that these players would have? And we think yeah. that suddenly all their averages will go will bump up 10 points. It did work with, I think, um, Rashid and Mitch. That was that was good. I think that's the yeah, only standout yeah. one that I can think, I think of. I feel like that was only really good. I feel like, I, honestly, anytime Fizz got, got in a big man, especially a dude like Rashid or I think even KG came by at some point. No? Did he no, not? I don't think I'm so. I'm tripping now, right? But, yeah, even just like that, those big men work well with Mitch because, like, they help Mitch come out of his shell. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what you got to be to be an anchor. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. You got a point there. Anytime we see photo ops, we'll be like, oh, shit, <laughs> Bernard King, look at him. He's he's glancing at Julius Randle. You know what this means, guys. <laughs> I get what you yeah. mean. That whole fucking economy of NBA Twitter that just breaks down still images that these teams put out for a fucking reason. They have literally dozens of pictures, right? They are going to put out the ones that they look cool and that, like, we'll have, like, captions and we'll have people, ha- we'll get the people going. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they know what they're doing and we just, like, a lot of fans play into it. You know what I mean? But Including us sometimes. Yeah, but I think, at least in this isolated thing with Mom, with uh, Mohamed Abdul Raouf, it was uh, it was a picture of DSJ with him at the gym. And then it was, like, a WNBA player that quote tweeted and said, like, yeah, me and DSJ been working with Mohamed for, like, months now or weeks now or whatever. Yeah. So it's not just, like, a photo op. It's just, like, I feel like that was pretty cool that he took the initiative, you know. Guy was an actual player development person, like. And I s- just looking at this article, um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I think mentally, when you touched on all the emotional stuff that DSJ went through, obviously, I think it speaks to just his growth and maturity for him to just take the initiative to come in early to the to the workout and shit. And um, the Knicks brass, apparently, according to Bagley, his early arrival and his commitment impressed people in the organization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if really rooting for DSJ, bro. I don't know if you want to move on from him. No, and um, I think... <coughs> I, I like that he reached out to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf because he's one of those players that was just blackballed from the NBA and just really went through a lot personally. But he mm-hmm. was he was cap before cap was cap, um, Kaepernick that is, and uh, icon I, bro. His I don't know. I got the picture of him like praying during the during the the anthem on my phone. 
legendary, really iconic. Yeah, and I think I'm. Uh, this is just me personally, but I hope that Dennis really talked to him about mentally how he went through it and how he was able to get out of it and get past it. Um, obviously, they both come from different situations, but you know, as 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 you know, black men in America, maybe that maybe that was something that Facts. something else that was affecting Dennis on top of family issues or family situations, deaths in the family and all that. Um, you'd hope that Abdul Rauf didn't just help him out with his play on the court, but also himself off the court. But that's just that's just a, a little add on. But you know, uh, Rauf, like he's he's an old head, so he probably just volunteered that anyway. He volunteered that guide, guide, guidance and mentorship anyway. That's mm-hmm. like going off personal experience with any old head in any field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. From like if you work retail, there was always that old dude that would just give you tips of the trade. Like yo, go behind aisle six. Take a, you could take a nap there, nobody will notice. Like, yo, thank you, bro. Like, <laughs> that's the veteran leadership I need. But yeah. so take that example, carry it over to basketball. Hopefully, you know. DC yeah, and every everybody needs that a point. Even Jordan needed that with the security guards that he that he had, and they really highlighted that in the last dance. Uh, the security guard, I forgot his name, but he passed away from cancer. Um, and he was like a big oh, he that's was like a big uh part of Jordan's life, especially after Jordan's dad died. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm sure you know what Chapsome was. It's the guy with the glasses yeah, yeah, and no, mustache. I, I forgot yeah. his name, but yeah, he was he was the black black dude, right? Yeah. Like, and then there was that weird white dude with the the weird uh, flowing luscious blonde. Yeah. Hair. He, <laughs> he he also he also died not too oh, long rest ago. In peace. He he was a cool dude. Remember yeah. when he beat Jordan in a game and he was just like they mm-hmm. Jordan shrug mm-hmm. like you icon, you son, <laughs> of, <laughs> you son of a gun. But yeah, I mean that's one of our, I'd say one of the quote unquote bright spots of what's going on with the Knicks right now. Um. Yeah, I think we're just about oh, ready to. I got I got some news for you. Some, okay. Some news that'll perk you up. The Knicks are leaning against taking Cole Anthony. Yeah, I saw that. Pick. They're not even trying to think about getting him until the twenty seventh pick. Apparently, so. He'd be remember our last pod. We were thinking like, oh, we we haven't really heard anything about Cole. Maybe they maybe they have moved on from. Him. Boom, we get confirmation right away. So now I'm thinking Leon actually does listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be an absolute steal at 27 like I, I think most people would agree with that but I think 8 would be too high for, for him he's you know there's nothing too special about the guy you know but he, he could be a productive player a good player but I don't know if he's good enough to be 8 I think he's still going to be a low lottery pick or somewhere in the teens uh, but if we if he's available at 27 take him 100% take him but yeah, we're going to we'll, we'll dive into the draft the next couple of weeks um We've been saying that for a couple of weeks. Then again, the NBA has been pushing that shit for a couple of weeks. Yeah, the draft, the draft is in five weeks. Um, So as we get closer, we're going to start talking about options and we'll get more clarity as to what the Knicks will probably do. And then all these picks, there's always the off. There's always the possibility that they decide to trade, um, trade up or trade down. But I think, I think we're pretty much wrapped up for this episode of the Nickish show. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show as well as YouTube. Subscribe and check us out on Sportscaster every Wednesday. Now we have Nickish at Night where we bring in a new guest every week to talk about anything that's going on in the NBA. Uh, this week we are going to have a Jordan versus LeBron debate. Uh, so I'm very much excited for that. Bring in, bring in an old friend of mine from, from high school. Uh, Is that what we're doing? I thought we were just coming on to like argue LeBron. Period. We're gonna have the goat debate. Damn. All right. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, so make sure you check out that. It's gonna be live on Sportscaster, and uh, you know we'll continue to post about it to 
for you to keep an eye out for it. Uh, make sure you check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Subscribe, leave us a rating and all that. And listen, we appreciate you guys listening to us every week. Uh, we've been doing this for over just about two years now. I think I think uh, November would make two years, the start of the 2019 season. So, yeah, uh, we hope you guys stay safe. Um, make sure you're registered to vote. If you're in New York, it's it's a bit too late, but, you know, make sure you, <laughs> you look into it. Hopefully you already did register. And, um, yeah, NBA Finals, game six tonight. Any final words? Yeah, vote that orange bitch out the fucking office, bro. I see not even going to say registered vote and go vote. Just go do what you need to do. We Everybody that's listening to this, they know what they got to do. Go play your part. Get the orange bitch out of here. I'm fucking tired of living in a fucking dystopian fucking sci-fi novel. That's all I'm going to fucking say. That was well said. All right. Uh, take care, guys. Peace. Peace.